everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the Reviver Cell Podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself Podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys, welcome to episode 33. I hope you're well. Hope everyone's uh, been enjoying the show. It's been a lot of fun getting these episodes out to you. Um, hope you're all well and all learning some stuff. As always, been getting some great feedback. And as I said, uh, been saying before, I keep pointing people in the direction of our website at www.reviveyourself.co for our free four-day mini course. And any questions that you've got on any of the interviews, etc., then send an email to me at ryan at reviveyourself.co. And you can follow us on Instagram at revive underscore yourself or on Facebook um, at forward slash revive natural health. But otherwise, guys, I some great interviews. People were loving Dean's story and uh, all the other interviews. We've been getting some really positive feedback. Today's guest is one that I've been wanting to get on for a long time, and it's about... The, the controversial topic of cannabis oil. Now, in my opinion, it shouldn't really be a controversial topic. Cannabis oil is one of the most healing entities on the planet. Uh, hemp, the hemp plant is just a phenomenal, phenomenal um, f- plant that can be used in many different ways um, to enhance our life. And today's guest is Rick Simpson of Rick Simpson Oil. Um, he's someone who went through his own health crisis, like many of our guests, and then he came across the oil and has never looked back since. And he's all over, been all over the world lecturing about the benefits of this. And and even through his time, he uh, even through his time um, trying to get it out to the public, he's faced many challenges. But Rick is someone who, if you've been following the natural health world and come across cannabis oil, you'd have heard his name. He's uh, extremely passionate about getting out the brilliance of this. Um, these oils as cannabis extracts um, and the, the, the healing potential that they hold um, and just and, and just the, the, the miraculous in, uh, properties that are in are in these plants um, the true healing nature of them he's so passionate about getting out to everyone uh, you can you'll see in this interview um, with him because he really doesn't hold back and he's he's uh, he, well, to be honest with you I'm being honest he's actually got he's got the hump that that the government and stuff aren't letting people take this um people can take medicines for example that kill hundreds of thousands of people a year but they're not allowed to take this pure beautiful natural plant that um has been shown to just stop cancer cells dead but anyway i'll let rick loose and i'll let you uh, listen to him and what what he's got to say on it and his um bountiful plentiful knowledge i should say so without further ado here he is here's the man rick and i'll see you on the other side hey guys and welcome to episode 33 of the reviver cell podcast today we have a world famous guest <laughs> uh, talking all about cannabis oil and its and its benefits and that is rick simpson how are you today rick Oh, I'm doing just fine, brother, and I'm happy to be with you. Awesome. Um, anyone who's um, been around the natural health world, um, looking into different therapeutic supplements, etc., to deal with any sort of chronic um, illness, you probably would have come across Rick and his work. He's someone who's very passionate about it. Um, and you can find Rick and his work at phoenixtears.ca and www simpsonramadur.com and I'll be putting those in the show notes um, I first come across you Rick um, it must have been about probably quite a while now I think year five maybe more than five years ago um, when I watched uh, Run From The Cure the film mm-hmm. um, have you I, 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 I think a couple of years ago I heard that you were actually going to do a sequel to that has that come out yet I don't think I've seen it uh, no there was supposed to be a sequel done I mean we raised uh, over twenty thousand dollars for uh, to give to Christian Lorette so he could shoot the second video, but for the last uh, for yeah for over two years I haven't been able to get in touch with him so oh, really? I don't know what happened but you know over a quarter of that money that you know that he was given actually comes straight out of my pocket 
So, uh, you know, I'm as upset about this as everyone else. I, you know, I would love to have seen that video come out because I'm sure it would have been very important. But so I, I don't know what's happened here, whether Christian was threatened or, you know, anything is possible. So it's all really that, you know, that uh, the second uh, the, or the follow up to run from the cure. That's all still up in the air yet. Okay, that was gonna, that was gonna, yeah, it was going to be run to the cure, wasn't it? That was going to be called. I think. I yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, run to the cure. Yes, run from the cure. So, um, Rick, just for the audience out there, who, who some some of them may, well, I think most of them will probably know 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 of you. But your your story was you're you're a retired power engineer, uh, and in and in 1997 you got a severe head injury, which lent led you to using the cannabis extract. So. Just, just, um, just, just give the Reader's Digest version of how you come about to find out about cannabis extracts and, and how you started making your own oil. Well, it, see, uh, I was, I was, you know, I had this severe head injury in 1997, and the doctors put me on all these chemicals and pills and you know everything they could throw at me, but nothing was helping. And then about a year after my injury, I was watching an episode of The Nature of Things with Dr. David Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was called Reefer Madness 2, and it showed all of these patients, you know, smoking cannabis to relieve their medical problems, and it was working miracles. You know, I had smoked cannabis in the past, but I never looked at it like being a medicine. So uh, I went out and got some cannabis, and when I smoked it, it worked better than anything the front that, the, you know, that the doctors were providing. And, you know, in Canada at that time, we had the, the medical marijuana access program. And uh, so I asked doctors for, you know, for prescriptions, you know, for, for cannabis so I could use it legally. And, uh, of course, all the doctors said the same thing. You know, it's bad for your lungs. It's still under study. You know, what nonsense. You know, a plant that's been used in medicine for 5,000 years is still under study. Yeah. You, know, uh, but, you know, but even the smoking aspect, I mean, it, it did provide me with more relief than what the doctors were giving me. But... You know, I needed something stronger because, you know, I have what they call post-concussion syndrome. And I have this ringing in my head 24 hours a day, and it's extremely loud. It drives my blood pressure crazy. And there is other complications, you know, like I had issues with my balance due to the injury and due to the chemicals the doctors were giving me. So by 1999, I was getting very desperate. So I went to my doctor's office one day, and I asked him, I said, what would you think? If I actually produced the essential oil from that plant and ingested it as opposed to smoking it. And the doctor got a very strange look on his face when I come up with that one. Mm-hmm. But he did admit, he said that this would be a much more medicinal way to use this plant. But they still would not give me a prescription. But at that point, I mean, I was getting desperate. So I did produce, the, you know, I went home right after that meeting with the doctor and I had some cannabis there. So I produced the extract. But, you know, I'm ashamed to say, you know, the, the reluctance of the doctors, you know, to provide a prescription really made me wonder, you know, if, if cannabis actually did present a danger. And since I had created a strong concentrate, I knew it would be sedative, but I also thought that, it, you know, it could do me harm. So, I, you know, I, it just more or less sat there for the following almost three years. Right. And then in late 2001... I was called into the doctor's office, and they told me that there was nothing more they could do. Uh, they had tried everything, so I was now on my own. And again, I asked him, you know, that the doctor knew that the cannabis was the only thing that was giving me any relief, so I asked him for a prescription again, and again, I was refused. So having nowhere else to turn, I went home and I started ingesting these extracts, and uh, the results were was just amazing because, you know, the effect of all these chemicals and pills that they had been, you know, feeding me, um, by t- late 2001, when I was called to my doctor's office, my thinking abilities were so bad that I could hardly even remember my own name. Really? This is this is the effect the, these you know that these medications have, yeah. and, and 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 also they tend to make you suicidal. Mm-hmm. But when I got on the cannabis extracts, I started with small doses about an hour before bed, and then within a month, I was up to the point where I was ingesting about a third of a gram. Uh, at night just before bedtime and what was happening it was just amazing i mean my thinking processes cleared up my blood pressure come under control the arthritis i had in my knees that just disappeared i started losing well i lost about 30 between 30 and 40 pounds you know the weight just started falling off me and that that i found a bit frightening but the truth was i was a little bit overweight 
And when I get down to the, the proper weight for my, for my height, I, I just stopped losing weight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the improvement was just radical. You know, so many people seen what these extracts were doing for me. And then about a year afterwards, I had gone in to see the doctor about these three areas, uh, these three lesions I'd had since the 1990s, which wouldn't heal. I had one close to my, uh, on the side of my nose, close to my right eye. I had one on my left cheek, and I had one on my chest. And when the doctor looked at it, he said, well, that looks like, it looks like skin cancer. But he said, we won't know until we receive the results from the pathology report. So I went in, uh, they wanted to operate on that one that was close to my eye first. And they said they'd do the other two areas at a later date. So I went in and had that done. And it was about, uh, I guess, five, six days later. I was looking at where they had operated. And, of course, it, it was infected. That's pretty standard in hospitals these days. Yeah. And it was right at that moment, a report I'd heard almost 30 years before on our local radio station, which had stated that THC, the active ingredient in marijuana, I, I hate that word. I, I, I would prefer if everyone would just call this what it is, the cannabis hemp plant. Yeah. But THC from the cannabis hemp plant has been found to kill cancer cells. You know, I, I heard that report around 1975, but it was presented in a way that, you know, the announcer was laughing about it. Because, you, you know, they, when you mention the word marijuana, they always got to make a joke about it. And uh, after that report, I heard nothing more. So I thought it was just, you know, somebody's sick-eyed, you know, sixth sense of humor at play. But I'm sitting there and I thought, well, you know, like in, uh, really at that point, I had been ingesting the extract then for about a year. And I thought, well, this can't be true because the extracts that I was producing for myself, they were very high in THC. And, uh, you know, where, where I had been ingesting this, I thought, well, if that was true, then why hasn't my cancer been cured? But, you know, I, see, at that time... I couldn't conceive that the, the, the Canadian government would hold a cure for cancer back. You know, I, I, to me, that seemed impossible. I mean, surely to God, if there was actually a cure, the medical system would be using it. So, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I almost didn't try it. Yeah. But just to satisfy my own, you know, <laughs> to satisfy my, my own, uh, you know, the, well, the thoughts I was having about it. Yeah. I decided, well, why not go down and put a little bit of oil on each of the other two cancers? So I did that, and I put a bandage on them. And the only thing I can say is when, when you have basal cell carcinoma, it feels like you have splinters in the affected area, like wood splinters. Right. And, you know, it's usually puffed up and bleeding a little bit. And uh, so, you know, I, I put this on, but the minute I put that extract on, that splinter feeling went away. But I didn't feel anything else. So for the following four days, I just left the bandages in place. And uh, so I went down one day, and I, when I started to take the bandages off, I, I mean, I was just shocked because both areas had completely healed. And I started telling my friends and neighbors, you know, I said, I think that the extracts from the cannabis plant have actually, you know, cured my cancer. And, of course, everybody laughed at me, you know, yeah, right, Rick, marijuana cures cancer. And, you know, in other words, you're crazy. Yeah. And then about seven weeks later, where they, the, the cancer they had surgically operated on close to my eye, that come roaring right back. So I put a drop of oil on that. And I put a bandage on. The same thing. I removed the bandage four days later. Now, that was in early 2003. I'd never had to retreat these areas, you know, since that time. And I did go back to my doctor's office for a copy of my pathology report, and it stated right there in black and white that, that you know, that they had excised or the, the area they had uh, taken the pathology report from had come back that I had basal cell carcinoma, you know, skin cancer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there it was right in black and white. So, I, you know, I told the, the doctor's secretary that I would like to have a meeting with the doctor to discuss something I'd been working on. And I told her, or she asked me, she said, well, what's this about? And I said, well, that cancer they operated on, it came right back. So I treated it and the other two areas with hemp oil. And the minute I said hemp oil, the woman just went rigid. You know, I was standing in a waiting room with five or six patients there. You know, it was just a small waiting room. And this woman was literally screaming at me. You know, the doctor will not go there. The doctor will not prescribe this. You know, and I, 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 it was like being in the twilight zone. Yeah, it's baffling, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, so I got, I got in my vehicle and I was driving home and I, I got thinking, you know, if I was a small town doctor and one of my patients had cured their cancer 
with a natural plant extract, I think I'd want to know about it. Yeah. So that's, you know, after that, I started supplying it to other people, you know, at first for skin conditions. And then since I'd been taking it myself and I knew that these extracts were non-addictive and totally harmless, I started supplying it to people who had internal cancers, you know, serious conditions like lung cancer and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And the results were just astounding. You know, it was healing people left and right. And it wasn't just cancer, it was working on everything. So I went to every political party in Canada. I went to two federal ministers of health, uh, Anne McClellan and Yulal Desange. I went to Dr. David Suzuki with the nature of things. I went to the Canadian Cancer Society, and we even took this to the United Nations. Nobody would lift a finger. And that's when I started realizing just how corrupted our world really is. You know, this what's going on here Really, what's going on or gone on since they outlawed the cannabis plant or the medicinal use of it? This is the greatest genocide that's ever been committed in human history, because this is really the most effective medicine on this planet for basically every condition known to man. I've never seen anything like this substance. It's literally a cure-all. But again, it's a plant. They can't, you know, they couldn't patent it. So the big, the big money behind the pharmaceutical industry and many other industries. See, cannabis was a threat to uh, of many, uh, many of these large industries. So they went in and they corrupted the governments into outlawing the cannabis plant. They gave it a new name, you know, marijuana. And then they come out with all this nonsense, you know, reefer madness and all stupid movies out of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this is truly a horror story. And if the public actually knew, if they would just wake up and realize what's been done to them, you know, the number of people you know, that suffered and died since that time who could have been saved. And, you know, we're talking hundreds of millions, if not billions of people. Yeah, I mean... Because, it, yeah. you know, this has been going on for decades, for God's sakes. Yeah, but, and it's still it's still going on to this very day. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that you've touched on so many points there. It's, it's hard <coughs> to talk about these things and people say, oh, conspiracy theories, conspiracy It's like, well, it's not. Look at the facts. Um, the facts are... When you when you took that, you mentioned your base cell carcinoma, and you said the weight started to fall off you. Um, was, was using the extracts the only thing you changed, or did you change your diet and everything else as well? No, I, I, all I used was just the extracts. Uh, the, actually, the extracts really do change your diet, whether you like it or not. Uh, you know, what I found is that all of a sudden I started eating only about one-third the amount that I used to eat. Right. And, uh, and the, the truth is, you know, we're, from the time we're children, we're, you know, we're trained, you know, eat your breakfast, eat your dinner, eat your supper. Mm -hmm. You know, and we put all this food into us, and in many cases we don't need it. Yeah, 100%. You know? I mean, so yeah, I, I that, agree. No, sorry, wait, carry on. Oh, no, that's what happened to me, and uh, I'm tr certainly grateful it did because, and I mean, without the use of these extracts, I'm sure I would have been dead many years ago. You know, this, these, this extract saved my life, and now it's, it's saved the lives and eased the suffering of millions of people worldwide. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, there, there are a lot of people out there who are using my name to sell their extracts. You know, they're all making what they call the RSO. And I have nothing to do with any of these people. You know, there's even medical foundations that are using my name to, you know, to gather money. Mm -hmm. Again, I have nothing to do with these people. You know, it just shows you what a sick world we live in. And in a way, I mean, I hate to go after these scam artists because there are some people out there that do produce high quality extracts and they are truly trying to help the sick and suffering. But for every one of those you find, you find 10 people who are out there selling low quality extracts. At, a very, at very high prices, and they are literally scamming the public out of their money because most of these extracts have little or no healing value. So it's it's truly a, it's truly a distressing situation. Well, this is one of the things that um, actually when I was talking to your, I think it's your wife when we tried to set up the interview, you're saying just make sure as you said like not, not going to um, advertise any other oils, and I said no, of course not. <clears throat> but the only place that you can find Rick and his work are at the places we mentioned before, and that's at phoenixtears.ca and www.simpsonramdur.com and I wanted to make that very clear to people because uh, Rick has it's because you've changed the game Rick when you come out and you've done this and you, you spoke about it and people know and now I mean it's got to the point where there's I mean you're seeing people with seizures even on social media people are, we've got seizures and they're taking drops of um, um, THC oil or CBD oil um, and the, the seizures just going like, you just see it before their eyes it's, it's got to the point where they can't even ignore this anymore. It's become it's become more mainstream at how good it is. But people are still mm -hmm. st st like you are. 
people are still scared of taking it in case something goes wrong, but they're not scared of taking chemotherapy or radiation, chemotherapy, <laughs> which has got a 97% death rate, you know? And this is the problem, that people have been so brainwashed. Um, I want to go into that in, in a little bit, but this is the, what people were talking about. I mean, Rick's saying there about how it's genocide and how mm. it's, it's how corrupt things are. I mean, you, you've been raided, I, mean, I think the last time I was doing my research, you've been raided four times, is it? And I think the last time yes. was in 2009 by the Royal yes. Canadian Mountain Police, uh, they raided your home. Um, just, just go through what, what they were looking for. What, 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 what was that like? I mean, I can imagine that was, that was uh, quite an ordeal. Well, I mean, see, I was very open about what I was doing. I mean, like I said, I contacted all the right people. I was giving the extract away. You know, and, and I went to the police myself and I gave them videotapes of meetings, we, you know, we had with patients and everything. And I also told them that local politicians should be charged with criminal, criminal negligence causing death because they're not representing their people. Mm-hmm. And I told the RCMP openly that I was growing it in my backyard. I made no secret of it. And I honestly, I asked them for everything, I, you know, any of the high quality bud that they confiscated. I asked them if they would give it to me so I could produce more medicine for the people. But then three months later, well, that was in 2005, three months later, that same detachment came and raided me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, because, uh, I mean, I, you know, I just wanted the public to understand and know, you know, about this so that, you know, it, gives, it would give a solution to so many people, you know, that were dying. Yeah, you just wanted to get the word out, right? Well, I mean, I tried to do it through the, you know, through the government. But, I mean, of course, what they do, I mean, they sent the police to persecute me, yeah. the legal system. And uh, so, in, I mean, 2004, I put up the website. This was a year before I was ever charged. I put up the website, phoenixtears.ca. And on that website, we told the public, you know, how to produce their own medicines. And I also went to the local newspaper, again, a year before I was ever charged. They did full-page articles about me picture of me and everything, describing everything I was doing. Mm. Now, would, it, would a criminal do that? No. You know, I mean, it, what went on in Canada, this whole court, uh, I mean, I, I seen for myself how corrupted the legal system truly is. Mm-hmm. You see, I mean, the, the truth is, these people, you know, the, it's the rich elite that are running this planet. It's not our damn governments. You know, the, these mega rich psychopaths, you know, like the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, groups like that. And they're controlling our governments. The governments, in turn, control the educational system. They control the legal system, the medical system. And everybody's dancing to their damn tune. But, I mean, it's totally ridiculous because this allopathic approach to medicine, which was given to us by the, or by the Rockefellers back in the early 1900s, they took over the, they started the medical foundations. And then they took over the medical schools. And, you see, Mr. Rockefeller and his rich friends well, many of them own these factories, and they're producing all these toxins that are left over, and they can't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Well, what a wonderful thing if, you know, if they could convince the public that these are actually medicine, you know, and feed it to the people, what a great way to, you know, what a great way to turn a profit and get rid of this, these toxic substances. And this is exactly what they did. They taught all the doctors the allopathic approach to healing, and they put out the old empirical medicine, the medicine from plants, they shoved that right out the back door. And, I mean, you know, who on God's green earth, I mean, when you look at the, the history of this plant's use in medicine, it's legendary. It was a well-known fact that cannabis was the most medicinal plant on earth. Yeah. So, so who has the right to outlaw this plant's medicinal use? No one ever had that right. And it says right in the Christian Bible that we, as human beings, we all have the right to use these plants to our best advantage. So, I mean... What's going on today is nothing more than madness that was provided to us by the Rockefellers. And I think it's high time things change because these treatments like, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, cancer causing treatments to treat cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the minute you take chemo or, or radiation, well, guess what? Now you've got no immune system. You know, your hair falls out. I mean, how could anybody in their right mind look at a patient and say this is good for them? You know, you got somebody suffering and dying from cancer, and now you're going to poison them? Mm. You know, th- this is, if this is not insanity, you know, I, I don't know what you could call it. And today, it's a well-known fact that I, I believe it's over 90% now of oncologists, you know, the cancer doctors themselves, if they had cancer, they will not take their own treatments. Yeah, they won't take it, yeah. You know, they, they get a big kickback off every, you know, sale of chemo that they make. 
Now, this is not medicine. Well, in America, I mean, I know a lot of doctors have actually been, been, been sued now. Or people have gone to prison for giving out chemotherapy when they didn't, the patient didn't need it because it, it means that they earn so much more money. And I even heard you say before, on I listened to other interviews, you said, like, uh, doctors, if you were, if they, as you said, 90% of them wouldn't take their own their own chemotherapy, but you'd 100% take 60 grams of, of, uh, of cannabis oil, you know? That's, that's the difference. Well, I mean, if, you know, if doctors would simply follow their own Hippocratic Oath, because that is the basis of medicine. And reading right that oath, it says, first do no harm, and it also states, as a physician, I shall not administer poison. So what are these people doing today? You know, I mean, the only side of medicine that I put any trust in is the surgical side. Yeah. As far as the pill pushers, the oncologists, and the psychiatrists go, that is nothing but a fraud. I mean, when you look at psychiatry, there is no medical science even behind that branch of medicine. Yeah, not one, one scrap of evidence is there between mental health and how I know, yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, right, there's so many different points we want to get to there because, um, first of all... Mm, are we still online? Yeah, yeah, got you, yeah, got you. Okay. First of all, first of all, so, this is the thing. People don't realise, as you've mentioned there about the Rockefellers and stuff, there's a thing called the 1939 Cancer Act. People don't mm-hmm. realise this, um, and by law they've made it illegal for you to treat cancer with anything but surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy. Now you've got something like cannabis oil that's never killed anyone. Been it's hugely, hugely curing, say curing or treats treats cancer. It's known to kill cancer cells dead. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. Never killed anyone. And you've got things even like aspirin that are killing hundreds of thousands a year, and then on every other medical drug. But they're not letting cannabis oil um, out there for public consumption. And to me, as you say, it just doesn't. It baffles belief. It is. It is. If you can only look at that one way, right? Right. They're just trying to stop things going because it's their bottom line. It's a, it's a trillion dollar industry or even pounds. I mean, I know you. This has affected you so much now that you've had to travel around. You're in Croatia, right? Because if you stay around, they they try and track you down. Oh no! I mean, everybody knows where you know where I'm at. I go out and I do lectures. I've I've done many lectures here in Europe with some of the top experts in the world. Yeah. You know, I'm not hiding out from anyone. No, no. But I think I think you said um, it's not hiding. It's um, I can't what you said. I think it was 2009. I think you said it was just becoming a, a pain in the bum to just deal with the Canadian police. Was that correct, or have I got that wrong? Well, and see, the the last raid they performed was when I was at the Cannabis Cup doing a lecture in 2009. Right. And they made me Freedom Fighter of the Year that uh, in 2009, too. But it was just a couple of days, or the day before they made me Freedom Fighter, uh, that's when I heard that my, my son uh, called me and told me that the house had been raided again. Mm. And I couldn't believe it, you know. But you see, what was happening, I was becoming such a thorn in the Canadian government's backside. I think what they thought, well, they, it was no secret that I was going to be in Amsterdam, you know. And so it was about a week after I left for Amsterdam, that's when they performed the raid. And, uh, you know, they, they went in there, the RCMP went in there to frame me, is what they did. They said they, you know, they found uh, restricted weapons. Well, the only thing that was in my house when I left Canada was a, child, was a child's pellet gun. You know, any 10-year-old can buy one. They're, they're not illegal. And uh, they said, that, oh, they, oh, they found booby traps. And the, and the RCMP were afraid for their lives. What had happened, when I, the day I was leaving for Amsterdam, there was a couple small bags of garbage on my deck. And when my son came back from dropping me off at the airport, the landfill was closed. So he took a couple boards and he drove nails in them, you know, sticking up, and he put them around the garbage bags to keep the bears out of it. Right, right. You know, so the, these were the booby traps. Right. And then these idiots for the RCMP, they went into my backyard. They dug up 70 pounds of compost. You know, just, see, when I was done producing the extracts, I always threw the plant, you know, the plant material you know, as away as compost. I used to throw it on the hillside in my backyard. And uh, so they went out and they dug this up, and this was their evidence. You know, I mean, what a sick joke. So, I, I mean, I knew that they were just, you know, trying to frame me, and I think they thought that, well, if we can keep them out of Canada, we can starve them out. And they damn near did. I have to admit that because I was living for the following three years in Europe on practically nothing. Mm-hmm. But I kept giving lectures. I kept going from different countries whenever I could. And I, you know, I always expose the truth. Mm-hmm. And now I've, I've gone all over Europe now. The whole world knows the truth about what the Canadian government did. But it's not just the Canadian government here. I mean, yes, they're definitely holding the truth back and they're trying to control this and they have no right to do that. You know, these laws need to be repealed. 
But you have to look at what the American government did. Yeah. You know, I mean, what in, uh, when, when uh, Richard Nixon became president, he wanted to get to the bottom of this cannabis issue, so he formed the, the Schaefer Commission. Well, the Schaefer Commission came back and told Nixon to legalize this plant. And they also told him that they didn't even consider it to be a narcotic. So what does Nixon do? He turns around, he starts the war on drugs, and then, you know, what, do, what drug do they, or no, I don't, I hate to call this a drug, it's really a medicine. But what did they focus on? Cannabis. Mm. You know, and then after the, med see, the Medical School of Virginia study, the one I was referring to earlier, the, the Medical School of Virginia study was designed to prove that cannabis caused cancer. But what it did, it proved just the opposite. Yeah. It proved that these cannabinoids like THC were actually killing cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at that point, Gerald Ford, well, Nixon had been impeached. So Gerald Ford had taken over. They went around, they shut that study down, and then they went around, they confiscated as much of the medical research as they could from all the universities in the U.S. And then the wonderful Gerald Ford passed it all right back to the pharmaceutical industry. You know, the, the thing was, is the pharmaceutical industry felt that they needed to take the high out of this medication. Now, I mean, these are the same monkeys that supply us with Oxycontin, Percocets, yeah. and all these other horrible addictive substances Codeine. that, you know, that, that yeah. you know, they'll get you as high as a kite. Tramadol you know, hmm. yeah, so, but they're, they're not worried about the high that that creates. No. And anybody, as far as getting high from cannabis, that's harmless. Mm -hmm. Nobody in history has ever died from cannabis. No. You know, it, it, there's no rational reason behind this. Today, they even say, you know, well, we need to do human trials, you know, and all of this nonsense before it could be made available to the public. You're a human trial. You're, you're a human trial. <laughs> <You're not> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, all of these people up on the internet, I mean, there's hundreds of them up there that, have, you know, provided video testimonials about, you know, what the, the, the wonderful effects these extracts have had in their medical problems. Mm -hmm. But human trials were actually conducted back in the 1840s in England. That's when Dr. O'Shaughnessy returned after nine years in India, and he introduced cannabis uh, into, you know, cannabis medicine to the, all the doctors in England. And they were, they were producing the extracts and, and uh, infusions, and they were having wonderful results. So, the, you know, it was no secret. And even back at that time, they'd already found that if you have the proper cannabis strains, the extracts are, have far superior pain-killing abilities that even the strongest opiates. So this was in 1840? In the 1840s. Right. That's when, that's when human trials were conducted. So there, there is no logical reason that this is going on today. So in you know, it's just, I, think, I think you've heard you mention, yeah, I think, you've, I think you, I've heard you mention as well, you said in 1954, the United Nations then made, it, uh, made a statement that it's not a medicinal, uh, if I can speak, not a medicinal plant. Is that correct? Well, that was Harry Anslinger. Right. I mean, he, he, he was the head of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. So I mean, what years a, later, they said it's not, but before, but, but hundreds before, they proved that it, it was a healing plant. Well, it, it's, it's always been known. I mean, if you go back in the ancient Persian religious texts, uh, 800 years before Christ, the Vedas, and, and these Vedas, they, they listed the most medicinal plants known to man. The number one plant on that list was can, the cannabis hemp plant. You know, it's no damn secret. The greatest healers in history use this plant. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, even, even, even Jesus himself, you know, I, they always say, well, Jesus used the power of God. I think it had all of these miracles that Jesus was supposed to have worked. I think it had a great deal more to do with the healing power of cannabis because the holy anointing oil, uh, one of the major ingredients was a substance they called cannablossom. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's what they called cannabis bud 2,000 years ago. Yeah. So the holy anointing oil was full of the same cannabinoids that, you know, that the, the, the extracts I produced, you know, contained. So, uh, I mean, the, you know, what, 200 years after Christ, the Chinese were using a mixture of uh, re these cannabis resins and wine as an anesthetic. And they were doing painless operations and amputations. You know, it, and even into, up in the 11th, 12th centuries, there's reports of how effective that, that cannabis was in the treatment of tumors. Mm -hmm. You know, all of this has been hidden. And this is so disgusting, you know, that people, that, that these rich psychopaths, I mean, it, it's just all about greed and power, and they don't, have, they don't care who they have to kill to get what they want. Yeah. And unfortunately, these are the same people that are controlling our planet 
As a, as a matter of fact, that, that one family, the, the Rothschilds alone, they say that that one family has enough money to feed, house, and clothe every human being on this planet. Yeah. Now, should any one family have that kind of power? No. You know, this is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing something once, Rick, where I was just—it was a—it was a female. I can't remember what she was. She's in the natural health world, and she was doing. She did a report into the to, to a lot of how money spent, etc., etc. And she said in America, um, she said she said to 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 feed, clothe, sanitize, um, give heating to every single person in the world, it would cost something like twenty-six billion dollars or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And she said. In one year, America spends $52 billion on ice cream. You know, 26, <laughs> 26 billion. Right. So you spend double the amount on ice cream than they would do to house, clothe, and sanitize everyone in the world. This is what you talk about with the money. And talking about hemp and how healing it is, I mean, I've seen people using hemp for, like, instead of concrete, hempcrete, and using hemp to make cars. I think Henry Ford was the one in 1941. Yes. He even took a sledgehammer to it. He couldn't even do it. was, like, lighter than... Lighter than um, Still um, and stronger, and you can use it as a fuel. I mean, there's this, it can be used for so many different things. It's just, it is actually just, you say, it just becomes a point where when is your brain kicking and you think there's a reason why they're hiding this from us? Well, I mean, today, over 60,000 different things, practically everything we use in our day to day lives can be produced from cannabis. Mm-hmm. You know, so why aren't we doing this? You know, we could put people back on the land, we could put an end to unemployment, we could put an end to starvation. We can supply our own energy needs. It's a solution to so many of our problems that, you know, that we're currently facing. It's a rational solution. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, even when you come to the fuels, when you look at cannabis, when cannabis is growing, it takes in CO2 and it, and it gives off fresh air. At the end of the cycle, after you've taken the seeds, the medicine and whatever else from the plant, you can then take what's left over and turn it into a fuel. And when that fuel is burned, it just releases the same amount of CO2 that it took in while it was growing. No increase in CO2 levels. The only reason we have this is because we're burning these damn fossil fuels that have been buried in the earth for hundreds of thousands or if not millions of years, and they're full of CO2. So why are we doing this? This, you know, this is truly madness. And, and when you look at you know, the Gulf oil spill and Fukushima and, you, and all of these poison industries, you know, today we're living in a toxic world and it's becoming more poisoned every day. This is compromising our immune systems. And this is why we're seeing this horrible increase in cancer rates and all of these other diseases. And I mean, it seems like they come up with a new one every week. And uh, I mean, but this is a rational solution to all of these problems. Yeah. And it's also a solution to this drug addicted society that we're living in. I mean, People everywhere, they're, they're all popping these pharmaceutical medications. And actually, they're high on the damn things. A lot of people don't even realize it. And, you know, and they become addicted to it, especially these soldiers that come back with PTSD. I mean, the first thing they do is throw them on the opiates. And then they turn them into drug addicts. But, I mean, the rational solution here is to give the soldiers cannabis extracts. You know, it helps them deal with what happened. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I've had so many, you know, positive reports from soldiers that have used this. So, you know, but they're, they're holding all of this back because, you know, unfortunately, it's like I said, our governments are all in the back pocket of big money. It doesn't make any difference what political party you vote for. These parties are all bought and paid for. So no matter who gets elected, you, sing, you still get the same nonsense. I mean, how many times have you seen an election where they kept their promises? That don't happen. They'll tell you anything. They'll tell you anything to get elected, but once they go in there, they go right back to work for the big money. They don't give a damn about their citizens. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember who it was. Um, said if voting made a difference, they wouldn't let you do it. Um, so, well, it's like left, left and the right wing are parts of the same bird. You know, it's all just uh, much of a muchness. I mean. And, and as you say, you're, you're extremely passionate about this, and, and so why else why do this sort of sh- this show? Because I want to get this information out to people, so they understand that they they are um, as much as the government wants to do anything, you can go out and you can uh, you I mean you can blaze your own path, you know. So yeah, I remember you were telling people I want to get into your oil and THC and CBD and what's different there, but just quickly, there was a story I heard you tell about a lady who was really was suffering really badly from Crohn's disease, um, and her son got up in school. When they were saying about how cannabis oil was bad, etc., her son got up in school and said, um, "Well, no, I know it's different. I know this is a healing, healing plant." And didn't the government, didn't the government 
sue her or put her in prison for that? I can't remember what it was. Well, you're, you're talking about Shauna Banda. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a woman from Kansas, and uh, she was literally, she was on her deathbed. She was dying from Crohn's. And um, she heard about uh, the extracts or, you know, about how to produce them. And uh, so anyway, she got her hands on a little bit of this extract and it started bringing her back. And in a very short time, she was back on her feet again and in a fairly healthy condition. And uh, so, I mean, uh, she's been a great little activist, uh, you know, for cannabis. But that's what happened. Her son, this was two or three years after she was healed. Her son went into school one day and they were trying to preach all of this nonsense, you know, how harmful cannabis was. And the child just disagreed and he told them the truth. And then the next thing you know, well, they, they come out, they take they take her children away and then she's charged. I mean, what, what a rigmarole this poor woman had to go through. But uh, they didn't put her in jail, as I understand it. Uh, recently, she was supposed to go to court in Kansas, and I, I wish she had it because she had so much support behind her. But, you know, they had badgered her so badly, I think that, that, that you know, they just put so much pressure on her that she accepted some kind of deal. And I've, I haven't heard exactly what took place, so I, you know, I can't relay that information. But, you know, what a shame that they do this to people. You know, somebody dying and they save their own life by using a plant extract, and that's a big, bad crime. You know, I, I don't know where these authorities in cannabis have been living. I mean, half the U.S. now, or over half, have legalized the medicinal use of this plant. Mm -hmm. They're not doing this for no damn good reason. And the same thing is happening worldwide. You're seeing all of these countries, you know, Canada, Australia, Romania, you know, Czech Republic, all of these different countries, everywhere. They're legalizing this. Mm -hmm. But they're still trying to, see, the governments, they're, they're legalizing the medicinal use of cannabis, but they're not saying why. And the governments are still trying to promote the use of these synthetic cannabinoids like Drabinol and Marinol. You know, synthetic cannabinoids produced by the pharmaceutical industry because, you see, they can patent them. You know, why do we need synthetic cannabinoids? And, and actually, these cannabinoids have proven to be harmful in many, many situations. And I've heard that I've even heard that people have died from them. Now, nobody dies from the natural cannabinoids on the plant itself. So why do we need this nonsense? It's, it's all about, you know, the patents. You know, the, again, the pharmaceutical industry is corrupted to the core. And I've openly stated that I, I firmly believe that the pharmaceutical industry has known how to cure cancer for at least 150 years. Because back in the 1800s, they were all producing cannabis-based uh, extracts because it was a major ingredient in most of the damn medications that companies like Parker Davis, Squibb, E.I. Lilly, major ingredient in practically everything they were selling. As a matter of fact, in the 1880s, uh, E.I. Lilly was selling painkillers, hashish, painkillers. And I'm sure they worked, mm -hmm. but they always controlled the potency. And see, in around the 1880s, 1890s, that's when they started mixing. Well, if I take one chemical and I mix it with another, I can patent that. And this is what, this is what Rockefeller and his rich friends, that's what they pushed. Yeah. You know, it, what, a, what a horror story. I mean, even it's, it's the same with vitamin C, you know. Back in the 1940s, I think it was, Dr. Klenner used vitamin C to cure 60 out of 60 cases of polio. Um, I mean, the vaccine didn't even exist, and they've got vaccines now for this sort of stuff, and it's just... It goes deep. It goes into every single aspect of it, um, which is it's, it's, just a, it's just a nightmare. Not exactly where you're coming from, Rick. So just just to because people will be like, well, there's lots of different. There's lots of different, we say, different cannabinoids or strains of the plant. Um, what is what makes your the way you made your or the Rick Simpson oil? What what makes it different from other um, other strains or? or oils you can buy on the market and also what's the difference between THC and CBD oil well both THC and CBD are, are just cannabinoids I mean uh, a friend of mine Dr. Lemire Hanouche who's one of the top experts in this field he, iso he recently isolated 144 different cannabinoids that this plant contains and uh, you know I, I mean all the research that's been done over the years uh, it was all done on THC and it's a well-known fact. I mean, well, back in, what, 2007, Harvard University started agreeing with me. And then in 2009, the American Cancer Institute itself started singing a different song about these cannabinoids. And as a matter of fact, right on their own web pages, they openly admit that THC is very effective in the treatment of several different forms of cancer. 
you know, this, but the CBD, it does have benefits. I mean, there's no question that CBD can reduce, like, like people with epilepsy, it can reduce the number of seizures they're having. But in so many of these cases I've seen, they would reduce the number of seizures, but they still, even when they were still taking the extract, they were still having a certain number of seizures. And I've always said, you know, put some THC in, you know, in the extract. And then when they do that, no more seizures. They, they completely disappear. You know, it's, it's like Dr. Raphael Mushelin, he was the, the guy that discovered THC. Mm-hmm. And Mushelin always said, you know, it's uh, what he called it, the entourage effect. You know, the, the different, all these different cannabinoids working together that produce these wonderful healing qualities. Mm-hmm. But you see, the, the extracts that I produced, they were all very high in THC content, up and around 85, 90%, sometimes even higher. Right. They, and they also contain CBD, sometimes two, four, maybe six percent. So Rick, you know, just, just, C- quick, just quickly, the CB, the CB, um, sorry, CBD, the THC, is that what makes people get high, maybe a little bit hallucinative? Yes, yeah, 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 it's, cool. yeah it's it's the active ingredient, yeah. but you know, like just getting for, just the listeners out there, just so they can uh, put put a finger on what we're talking about, so that when you got high levels of THC, that's what that's what gives you the the high that gives you the high, really. Well, I've always, you know, told people to use the strong sedative indica strains that have a THC content of 20% or more. Okay. You know, because, you know, the, the, the sedative indica strains, they produce, uh, you know, the, the, these sleepy effects. Mm-hmm. You know, and sleepy, sleep and rest are part of the healing process. Yep. And they work miracles. I, I do have fears to some degree about the use of sativas. Because sativas, you know, again, it's just another branch of the cannabis plant. But sativas can be very energizing, especially if you produce an extract from them. Okay. And uh, to put it, uh, well, <laughs> I don't want to see terminal cancer patients bouncing off the walls because that's what some of these sativa extracts can yeah. do. You want to give them rest, you, know, too, right? you want to be you know, it, rested. Well, it interferes with their sleeping patterns. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that if you gave like a strong uh, sativa extract to somebody, say, who had a heart condition, there is a possibility that you might kill them. But when you take the extracts, made from the strong sedative indica strains. Well, what I always found, the patient would take their, their dose, usually within 45 minutes to 50 minutes, they would sit there and get the smile on their face, and then five minutes later, they'd be sleeping. You know, <laughs> it just knocked them out. Yeah. But, but it was working miracles. And, and when you, and the same thing today, we, you know, they're, they're out there today, oh, well, you know, we can't have people driving high. Well, what kind of nonsense is this? I mean, I told I always told the patients when you know when you start taking this medication for the first three weeks basically all you're going to do is sleep, and I always advise them not to drive their cars during that period. Mm-hmm. But once they get the feel of this medication, they can safely drive their cars because it does not impair your motor skills. It's not like pharmaceuticals or alcohol. Mm-hmm. Your motor skills are not impaired. And believe me, I mean I drove under the influence of cannabis myself tens of thousands of miles. The only thing I ever noticed was that I drove more carefully if I was on cannabis. Mm-hmm. And this, I think this is something we could use on our highways. And as a matter of fact, in the U.S., in these states that have legalized, I understand that our accident rates have dropped 9 or 10%. And I think the cannabis is responsible for that. Mm, that's an interesting, interesting theory. Um, I can imagine, I can get what you're saying. If, if you're... It will slow you down, probably make you more relaxed rather than being stressed. So you're you're not on edge, not road rage incidents. People try and get everywhere too quick. Um, so yeah, I can, I can I can probably believe that. When you when you I, I think you said as well. I know you got you went to court and it's, you can touch on a bit, but um, you said you could make a, about a hundred dollars worth, sixty grams for a hundred dollars worth for for a cancer cure, right? You said well, yes, uh, which that's pretty. That's, that's very. You say it's pretty cheap, you know. So when people are, uh, it's very cheap, you know. He's talking about curing cancer or treating cancer, I should say. So once again, we're not medical doctors, so we can't say that. But whatever. Um, so if if um, if people wanted to take um, THC oil or what um, Rick Simpson oil, or make it themselves, they can find it. But what 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 do you what would you prescribe them to take? How how many grams over how many days? Um, and sort of how many how many drops are in a gra- how many grams? Yeah, how many drops make a gram? What would you what would you go about that? Or how would you go about that? Well, it takes about around twenty six or twenty seven drops of this extract from an eyedropper when when the extract is warm because then it'll still run. Twenty. You know, I mean, drops. 
26-27 drops, that's, that, a that, that's about a gram. Right. And a gram and a milliliter are just about the same. Right. You know, almost the same in weight. So, you know, what I suggest that people do, as a matter of fact, it's not just cancer patients. You know, we live in a toxic world, and, and our bodies are full of toxins and heavy metals. Usually toxic you, it, world. Yeah, and if you take the, you know, if you take a full 60-gram treatment, just as if you were suffering from cancer, it will detoxify your body. And it rejuvenates vital organs. It, it works in so many wonderful ways to help, you know, maintain our health. So you take 27 drops of that every night <coughs> for 60 days, or would you do No, it? no, no, no. I, I start people off with little tiny doses, just a, a little tiny speck that you can hardly see. Just one you know, drop, the, yeah. Uh, not even, no, not even, it would be like a quarter of a drop. Quarter just a, a drop. little tiny speck. Right. And then you take it in the early in the morning, mid-afternoon, and about an hour before bed. And how they do that? You, Under you, their uh, no, no, you just take this and swallow that under the tongue. To me, that's just a bunch of nonsense. Okay. You know, more propaganda. Okay. But uh, what I found after four days, the average person could then double their dosage. Right. They go another four days and then they double again. And in a short time, they become accustomed to the effects of the extract they're using and you no longer get high from it. Right. I mean, I had many terminal cancer patients after a month. They would go back to work, and the people, and they were still continuing to take this extract because at that point they had got themselves up to the point where they could ingest a third of a gram every twenty or every eight hours. So one gram every twenty-four hours. They would go back to work, and the people they were working with didn't even know they were taking it. Yeah, I suppose as your body gets body gets used to it, and you, it, therefore you understand how, how you're going to feel in it. Same as everything else, right? Your body adapts, and you, and you get to understand it. Okay, so you say, so 60 grams over 90 days, that's a good place to start? Well, if you, most of the patients that I treated, if, you know, if you've had no chemo, no radiation, 60 grams over 90 days usually cured their cancers. And I'm talking about a success rate that's over 90%. Right. And even those who have been badly damaged by, you know, from the medical system with their chemo and radiation, about 80% of these people can be saved too. Yeah. But the only thing is... They have to ingest about 180 grams of that extract, three times as much, right. over the next five or six months to undo all of that damage that the chemo and radiation had left behind because the effects of these horrible treatments linger in your body for years. And if you don't take that extra, you know, the extra oil to, you know, to undo that damage, that brings the cancer back because these are carcinogenic treatments. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always say to people, cancer is not a death sentence. You should probably cry out for help. And when you're doing that, you're just taking away. I mean, they're immunosuppressants, as you said, radiation, uh, um, um, chemotherapy there. This, this mustard gas. It's, I just don't understand it myself. But, okay, so because a lot of people are saying, oh, you can take this along with the chemotherapy because it, just, it helps. It helps like, the, the pain effects. It's like, well, how about you just take take it without the chemotherapy and see the power that it has then? But uh, that would be that would be my if, if it was if it was me and I got ill like that, that's what I would do. I'm pretty sure you'd do the same. Um, if if people wanted to, to, to I mean, to, I don't know, say grow themselves or anything like that, is there certain seeds or etc. that you you'd point them in the right direction, or how would they go about that? How many plants would they need to grow? Well, it depends on the strain. You know how good you are at growing. I mean, the seeds are readily, readily available. There's all kinds of seed companies out there that provide the cannabis seeds, and you can order them. You know, and if people would simply go out and grow their own, which is what, you know, I've always promoted. I've always said, you know, I've always told people, you know, go out and get a good book, like the Indoor Outdoor Medicinal Growers Bible, uh, written by Jorge Cervantes. Mm -hmm. If you have a book like that, it'll tell you everything you need to know about growing. And there's, there's a great number of other books out there by Ed Rosenthal and many other people. You know, we're very knowledgeable about this subject. So I would always say, you know, get a good book on the subject and educate yourself. But, I mean, cannabis is more or less recognized to be a weed. And, if, and a lot of these strains are very hardy, so they're, they're, they're very easy to grow. But, I mean, you know, an experienced grower could take one plant and maybe grow a kilo or even more, a bud on it. Well, a kilo of good bud will produce two and a half to three cancer treatments just from one kilo. I mean, you know, 180 grams, 200 grams of oil. So, so you know, this your, is what I encourage people to do. Your, your books, will they teach people how to do that? Oh, yes. And right on the website, all the information that anyone needs, you know, to, to produce these extracts properly, it's all right there on the Phoenix Tears website. It's been there since 2004. The dosage instructions, everything is available there. Mm -hmm. okay. But the trouble is today, people don't read. Yeah. You know, they just, they go to the website and then they get my email address and, I mean, we're swamped with emails. 
And uh, then they send me all these ridiculous questions that have already been answered, you know, and there's only so many hours in the day, brother, and there's just me and my wife, and believe me, I mean, we're stressed to the limit just trying to keep up with things. I can imagine, I can imagine, um... I try and get if I can something down the line maybe get an affiliate going so people land on my site can go and see yours uh, because I know this, this is a, it's why I want to get people like yourself on me because uh, you're doing so much you give a lot so much information out for free it's all been for free and you've been helping people for years now and uh, people need to find you and need to find your work but once again you say I mean you're you're not responsible um, for them right they've still got to do their own reading and to understand where you're coming from but as you said. You said before, quote unquote, we all have the right to heal ourselves, uh, and this is something that, as humans, we should be able to to look into and to, to take and to and to try on ourselves. And because I know the government doesn't really want us to do that, even over here, same as in Europe and America and etc. But it, it's really up to us um, to do. Well, it. Ryan, uh, Ryan, I mean, the biggest drug dealers on the planet are the governments themselves. Yeah. I mean, look at the U.S. You know, wasn't it the Central Intelligence Agency that flew all of those plane loads of cocaine from Central and South America into the U.S. and got everybody addicted? And and look at you know. Can't say that, Rick. What? I'm saying you can't say that because. uh, Well, I I say I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. It's the truth, brother. And the same thing when you when you look at Afghanistan. You know, when the Taliban was in charge up there. They, they tore out the opium poppy, and they planted cannabis. Mm-hmm. But when our brave soldiers arrived, they go in there, they rip up all the, all, you know, all the cannabis and replant the opium poppy plant. And, you know, we have soldiers up there guarding poppy fields, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. And a, a very high percentage of the world's heroin supply originates in Afghanistan. So what are our troops doing, you know, guarding these fields? It, it doesn't even make sense. No. You know, and these same governments will take us into court and put us in jail for growing a God-given, harmless, non-addictive plant like cannabis to heal ourselves. You know, this is, this is the insanity of the world we live in. And it, it's high time that people stand, stand up for your own rights, unite, and demand your rights. I mean, this happened, I've seen this happen in Santiago, Chile. I was there in 2014 uh, speaking at Expo Weed. And just be, a few months before I got there, they had a march in the, in the city of Santiago to over 200,000 people were marching through the streets of San Diego demanding legalization. And guess what? They got it. And the idea is to produce these plants or produce these medications at a decent price. This thing I said about $100, that's absolutely true. If governments were any damn good, I mean, they've got all of this government land. All they have to do is set up a facility, grow the most medicinal strains, produce the extracts, and they could make them available to the public basically on a donation basis. I mean, you know, you know, the only reason that cannabis is so expensive is because of this black market that the government created when they illegally outlawed that plant. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for that, you could go to a farmer and you could you could buy a kilo of, of top quality cannabis bud for 10 bucks. You know, this, this is it's beyond belief and it's beyond belief that people put up with this nonsense. Yeah. I mean, it's two things. Laws, right, are just... They're made by government, and a lot, a lot of them are absolute, I say, before a word, bullshit. You know, they're just laws that they make up because it's something that they want, or they've got there's something, there's someone being paid, or whatever it is. They put a law in, even though it makes no sense, and it, it's, it's, this is not right. And two, if you started, what would happen now, if you start giving out cannabis oil to everyone and curing people of cancer for $100, it will completely wreck the economy. Like, because. They're, they're, how many jobs have they put into this, this 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 myth of chemotherapy, radiation, surgery? I mean, these are these are. I mean, you completely wreck the economy. So they're just trying tooth and nail to to hide or keep these things suppressed because it would just take down the whole industry. Um, so, I, well, it, yeah. it it would it would wreck. I mean, uh, you know, the, the big money interest. Yes, it would do them a great deal of damage. Yeah. But are we supposed to suffer and die so no. these people can make huge profits? No, no, I'm, you know, with, I'm with you. I'm just saying that this is why, this is why they fight too for now to do it. You know, because they're and I, and I 100% agree. But most of the laws around this are just ridiculous, um, completely ridiculous. And they're always about studies. You said studies. Well, I know enough people myself, and I suppose, but you, you know, I mean, the thousands of people that have taken this, and it's just been phenomenal for their health. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you as well, Rick, just because I know we want to sort of go in a minute and um, catch you quite a long time, um, is I wanted to talk about for children. Is is in your opinion, um, is it safe for children to, to consume? 
Of course it is. It's the safest medication that anyone of any age can use. I mean, Melanie Dreher, back in the 1980s, this lady did a study to find out where the healthiest babies on this planet are born. They are born to mothers in Jamaica who use cannabis a great deal. That's the healthiest babies. Now, if the use of cannabis does not harm the baby during the developmental stages in the womb, why would this medication present a danger to a child of any age? You know, when you look at what they do to children today, this Ritalin and all this other trash they throw into children and antidepressants, you know, if you, want to, if you want something safe to treat your child, use cannabis extracts and stay away from these vaccinations and things like that that Bill Gates is pushing. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people are all nothing but gangsters. And, you know, and the same thing when you look at Monsanto, I mean, all the genetic modification to take the good out of our food. I mean, these, these outfits should be burnt down. I mean, they're doing nothing but harm to the human race, and it's all about profit and control. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when it comes to vaccines, I mean, we're completely on the same page. When it comes to Monsanto, I just don't understand how, how they're even allowed to go on because what they're doing to the earth and what they're doing to the soil, um, I mean, it's just going to end. It's going to end up one one way, and it's not going to be good for us. Um, I don't understand how they're even getting away with it and in GMO food, etc. It's just a complete nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anything, I mean, this is the thing as well. I mean, I've heard you mention before you've even treated, I mean, we go back to the, you've even treated police who've come to you and helped, uh, wanted your help for this. So this is, this is, this is a sort of double-edged sword that we're on at the moment. You've got people on one hand laying down the law saying that, that this stuff's illegal. On the other hand, they come into you asking for help. Um, so if, if I decide to give you the, like, the floor for the last bit, Rick, anything else you'd like to bring up? Anything else you'd like to add? Well, I mean, the way I see it, you know, this world where the path this world we're living in is on, I think within 15, 20 years, we could wind up going extinct. You know, because, it, it, you know, like I said, we, you, we're not designed to live in a poisoned environment. And we can put a stop to this, but people have to unite and with one voice tell their governments, we've had enough of your nonsense. We will no longer abide by your regulations because you have no right to control the use of this plant. And there is only one solution here. And it's not legalization. It's not decriminalization because that comes with a whole bunch of regulations and taxation. The only thing that governments, any honorable government on this planet should do would be to repeal these laws. Throw them in a trash can where they belong because none of them are based in reality anyway. Yeah. 100% 100% agree. Rick, if you just stay there for one second, I'm going to say, guys, that is, uh, we kept Rick for a long time, and he's hugely passionate about it. Thank you very much for coming on, Rick. Um, I, I know people, this is going to be an interview that I'm going to get lots of emails about, and uh, people will be very keen to, uh, to listen to. So thank you very much for that, Rick, and for taking your time out of your day to speak to us. I, you're more than welcome, Ryan, and, and you know, I want to thank you, you know, because it shows like this that you know, the people are doing that are bringing the truth to the public because you're you're sure as hell never going to find it on the mainstream media. So I, I look at all you folks as, as being heroes. You know, we're all in this battle together and we all want to see a better world. So, you know, I, I thank you for allowing me to well, to speak my mind on your show. No, you're more than welcome, Rick, and I'd love to get you back on later on down the line. Um, so, guys, that was Rick Simpson, the passionate Rick Simpson, all about cannabis oil um, and uh, what he's been through, his journey, um, what, it, what he's seen it heal, um, his, I mean, his whole adventure really. And um, we went into a lot of different areas there. I'm sure it'd be one that you're, I mean, it's an instant classic for me. It's one you're going to probably listen back to and hopefully share with all your friends and family uh, just about it um, about it and when it comes out you can do your own research into it don't listen to me and Rick and our opinions on it have a little research into into how hidden this plant is and what it can do for your health and and pass it on so guys I, I really hope you enjoyed that and as I've said before you can find Rick at at those website websites that I mentioned um, phoenixtears.ca um, and Rick Simpson uh, Ramadur com so have a look over there guys as always any questions you've got on on the episode send me a message go over to www.reviveyourself.co and you can contact me there or if you want any if you're dealing with any chronic illness skin um digestive issues chronic fatigue adrenal fatigue um whatever it might be brain fog like not thinking clearly low like having low low energy not having weight management problems um whatever it could be guys i know psoriasis eczema 
IBS, Crohn's, etc. Then we've got our free four-day mini course as well over at www.reviveyourself.co. And as I've said, I've been promising the bundles are coming. I'll be up on my website very soon, just waiting for a few things to be in place. I know the wheels of justice turn slowly, but they are coming. So that's it for this week, guys. That's episode 33 of the Revive Yourself podcast. I'll see you next week when we'll be talking to Dax Moy all about brain set. Um, not mindset but brain set and how important it is and looking into neuroscience so until then have a good week stay happy and healthy and i'll speak to you soon if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas bloating constipation diarrhea indigestion heartburn and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the healing health paradigm today 